Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hello and welcome to the 30th episode of The First Exchange with me, your host, Lydia Daydahl. Well, great feedback from last week, uh, Conor O'Keefe. You all thoroughly enjoyed his, mo- I think, not not a podcast, but a motivational speaking two hours. Um, so thank you very much to, to everyone who wrote in. As I say, I say it all the time. I really appreciate everyone for taking the time to message me on whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, letting us know um, what you're liking, what you're disliking about the show. Thankfully, there hasn't been any disliking, but I'm all open to constructive criticism. So uh, send them my way. Um, without further ado, this week, 30th episode. Can you believe that we're 30 episodes in? We literally, when we started this podcast, we were like, we'll do a few episodes, see how we get on. And we're charging forward. And the response has been great. So hopefully it won't be stopping anytime soon. But I was absolutely delighted to get the wonderful Luke Keeler into the podcast uh, for this week's 30th episode. Obviously, Luke Keeler, professional boxer, just off the back of one of the most... The, the pinnacle of his career so far, world title fight against uh, Boo Boo Andre, Demetrius Andre. Obviously, didn't get the win, um, but he was in. He's on technically on holidays at the moment because he, he's not back in the gym yet. But he was very gracious in, in coming in and sitting down with me and talking through the process, the 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 his time in the lead up to that world title fight, um, his time working with his coach uh, Pete Taylor. We got to talk about you know growing up, how he started boxing, his own family, his memories favourite memories from growing up with his brother and different things Um, for any of the listeners that know my work with Fight Connect TV I have interviewed Luke quite a few times it's always been in a camp or it's always been around you know um, after a fight or it's rushed you're in a a a hallway at a show and you know it's a couple of minutes you're just trying to get a few words so it was really really good to finally after knowing Luke for all this time to, to sit down and to, to really kind of delve into to who Luke Keeler is and to hear all his story so it was fantastic um, I hope you enjoy it um, and without further ado I'll leave you with the 30th episode of The First Exchange with professional boxer Luke Keeler Luke Keeler, welcome to the studio. How's things, all right? Yeah, yeah, good. Thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, I know no, you're technically yeah. on holidays at the moment. Yeah, extended. Yeah, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah, it's a, kind of the longest break since I started up with P. So it's a couple of weeks off, and uh, I'm, I'm eager to get back now. Yeah. Yeah. So how have you been? Grand. Yeah, just it didn't go to plan the fight, but uh, I took lots from it. Like yeah. you know, I was I enjoyed the build up. I enjoyed. 
bar the fight, you know what I mean? Uh, mm. But even at that, it was a great experience. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with you, know? Yeah. For any, any of our listeners that, that aren't in the know, because we have a lot of non-combat sports fans as well that listen in, um, Luke fought uh, Demetrius Andres uh, mm. for a world title um, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago now, yeah. Mm. So obviously this would have been like world title at this level, on that stage, um, from everything from prep to media, the whole lot. How was it? Yeah, it was a new, new experience. Like yeah. it was a, it was an intense build up over there. Like even say traveling to America for a fight. But uh, well, to be honest, everything went smooth. Yeah. I thought I handled everything well. I didn't. I, w- I was conscious not to kind of get caught up in all or get drained. And I, w- I was kind of everything went spot on. But uh, the fight itself, then I was caught early, mm. and uh, I just kind of fought an instinct. Uh, the second knockdown was 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 the worst. Like I got knocked down straight away in the fight. Second knockdown then was was like it, it like re- took a lot out of me, you know. Mm. So it was just kind of fighting an instinct. I went to the ninth round and was stopped on my feet, but uh, it didn't go to plan. But look, it was it was a great experience. It took a lot from me, you know. Mm. When you say um, fighting on instinct. Uh, explain to our listeners what that means and how different it is to how how you would like it to go. Yeah, like looking looking back, uh, normally when you're in a fight, you can you can see things coming and and you can make adjustments and. Mm. But the second knockdown was it t- took a lot out of me to be honest. I uh, couldn't even remember it to to be honest. And you know, just, just you you revert back to just instinct and mm. and and, and find an instinct say so. I'm sure uh, Pete was probably uh, frustrated in the corner, you know. Like we we walked on great game plans and moves, and but you just you're just kind of just kind of surviving nearly, you know, and didn't go to plan. What are you hearing as you're fighting in that state? You know, is it more difficult to hear Pete Taylor, your your coach, or are, you know, are you hearing the crowd more? Or what are the thoughts that are going through your head? If any. Yeah, yeah, if any, yeah. You're just kind of nearly blank. Uh, you're sitting back in the corner. I, 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 like, around the two, I, I kind of got back into it. Eased into the fight. Uh, but just kind of, like, uh, of great confidence in Pete as a coach. My game plan nearly was just to sit down and, and, and listen and make adjustments. But you're kind of, like, you're caught really... Like, it was a, it was a, a, a tough knockdown. Like, you know, that kind of way, a mm. hard knockdown and... Uh, it does take three or four rounds to make them adjustments and get get your head clear. When I did get my head clear, it takes a lot out of you as well. Yeah. Physically getting getting dropped, I was dropped twice. So, uh, and the other side of it, the the, for, the fighter I fought, Andrade, he was very difficult. He's a southpaw. He's very hard to land against. Mm. So, if you're not landing against someone, it's hard to put them off from coming forward. Do you know that kind of way? Yeah. So I'm finding it very difficult to land against him. Slick fighter, like he was twice world champion, two weights, 28 and 0. Mm. Real tough fighter. And unless you're actually putting a dent in someone and making them think twice when they come forward, it's a difficult fight. But mm. it was kind of my first taste at war level, elite level. And I took a lot from it. Uh, if the early knockdowns hadn't happened, I think I would have been more competitive. I'm not mm. saying I, I would have won the fight, but uh, I would have got a foothold, I think, and, and being a bit clearer. So I took a, took a load from it. I know I, I can step her up again and, mm. and go again, you know. In terms of the level that you speak about, is, is it different? As in when you're trading with someone that is of that level, does it feel different? Are the punches different? 
Yeah, well, I, I know he, he did punch, he, he did punch hard, you know, he dropped me uh, twice, but uh, there was the middle rounds, I started getting a foothold in that and I was getting a bit comfortable, but the heavy knockdowns, I think, took a bit out of me. Mm. Uh, I was stopped on my feet by, by the ref, it was like a second or two to go. Mm. I, I, I think I could have recovered, kind of, like mm. it was, went a distance, but it's... it's 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 probably the right decision as well. You're like, you mm. know, it's better to be stopped early than than to be to be hurt. Absolutely. So it was fading, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so it is what it is, you know. Um, in the build up, obviously there was great excitement, you know, on the ground over here. Um, not only with box fans, it kind of felt like, you know, anyone who was sort of knew anything remotely about boxing knew about the fight and we're, obvi- we're just really proud that there was someone that was Irish that was kind of flying the flag and you know we just kind of wanted someone to be you know proud of and what's going on and, and get behind the kind of like online maybe social media little go on Luke you know up yeah. the whole lot um, were you able to soak that in or are you too focused on kind of the, the camp and what's happening no, I I got like I would have been on the phone and got lots of messages and yeah. stuff. But what it was, uh, it was huge support, hundreds of messages. I went through the, the next few days getting back to people and stuff and and photographs. Like mm. to say, me local area, Valley Fairmy, they were hanging up flags and yeah, like it was it was cool. Like uh, it's something that I want to experience again. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm gonna go go again. Like it's not something uh, I'm gonna uh, just retire just yet. Uh, th- I think that guy Andrade's moving up the super midway. There's two guys, Mungia and Liam Walsh, fighting for the vacant belt. So mm-hmm. I'm going to get a couple of wins and I'll get the winner of them. And S- Stoyles makes fights, you know what I mean? He, he was an awkward southpaw. These two guys are come forward, guys. And I think stepping up again and learning from that, mm. I think I'll do it the next time. You were smiling there when you say retiring. Have, 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 do you think that that's what people people are talking about or, or do you think that it was expected or no what? no well I, do you know what I, I said myself like if I didn't think I can improve or I, mm. like if I didn't I, I still genuinely feel fresh and yeah. as if this camp was the best camp I had the fittest I've been mm. if, if I actually start slowing down and wasn't performing in camp and sparring and I think P had actually turned around and tell me, you know, you yeah. need someone to tell you because it's not a sport that you hang around in if, if mm. things start fading. And it's not like I was performing in Spartan coming up to the fight. Everything went well. The build-up went well. Just the fight didn't go well. Yeah. And it just wasn't my time, I mm. think, you know. So uh, I've, I've one more run in me, I think. Absolutely. Well, especially because of the kind of the backstory, I suppose. Yeah. Like the, the kind of the narrative of you going into this fight was the transition of working with Pete, what he had done to, with you in that time that has mm. taken you from one level and now you're fighting for, you know, at a world level. Um, and there was never, I, I you know, in, in anything that I read or anything that I saw online, there was never a question of, did you deserve to be there? It was all just like, look how far he's come and look where he is now. Mm. Yeah, the the guy I beat, that American I beat, was like far for world title and competed well against uh, top guy Daniel Jacobs. So I beat Cummins, obviously, and then him. So uh, I was ranked up there, like mm. you know, that kind of way. Uh, but it was it. It was it's like the war war level to that even is a leap, you know. Yeah. I've tasted that, and I know I can step her up again. Mm-hmm. Like I've uh, I'm full time two years uh, as as a pro. And I still feel very fresh. I think I can step her up again. Yeah. Uh, experience that. A couple of couple of faults as well. A couple of things I learned. Uh, uh, in each fight, even the fight I won, like I, I make adjustments. And uh, 
I'll just give it one more run, you know. Absolutely. Um, so you talk about, obviously, you've been training full-time uh, two years. Was that decision hard for you to make? Yeah, like, it was It was kind of... I, I signed with MTK at that time. Uh, I was moving house. I, I spoke about it a few times in interviews, but it was... It was a, it was after the the Irish title fight. It wasn't a great performance. Uh, I won by a point against Arden Cruz. Mm. I had a sh- shoulder injury and I broke my hand in the fight. Uh, but that like that didn't really affect me. The f- it wasn't a great performance. Uh, I got the shoulder the shoulder sort uh, after a fight in September, and I was kind of going through a decision. A, a good job. I was close to setting up my own company with that work, mm. and I was thinking with with two other guys as well, and. Uh, could have went out on my own but I, I thought once I kind of embedded into that and started making money that was it then I yeah. knew I knew I wouldn't have committed to boxing so I, I just went uh, and went full time and what I said before was it's hard to make that commitment unless you had a plan in place like previous to that I was fighting in Ireland and you might not have another fight for six months mm. but MTK uh signed me and you had a plan in place set fights yeah so you can commit to something you know mm-hmm. with that safety net like i know it was it like a say a leap of faith but yeah i had that safety net with yeah. and they delivered each time i was ready i had a fight regular fight dates and uh they've they've delivered up to the world title fight mm-hmm. it didn't go my way but even even after that then look they, they were back when do you want to come back we'll have a fight in june a fight on Mick Conlon's show in August mm. and, and the winner of, winner of them guys fighting for a world title so there's another plan in place again you know like I didn't I obviously didn't disgrace myself in the fight mm-hmm. uh, everyone said I showed bravery and stuff like that and I, I think I can go again and prove you know mm-hmm. it definitely something like that because again a lot of the listeners might not really fully understand kind of to be a boxer or to work, to be an athlete in combat sports like it's not just like I'm going to decide to fight on X amount and I'll get X amount of money. Like it, it is very much in the unknown and to the level of training and sacrifice they have to put in, you would almost sit back and go, are you nuts? Do you know what I mean? Especially, you know, in, in that circumstance. But with work, I mean, I imagine it was probably like really hard that you were like successful and you were like have this, you know, am I right in thinking you were in engineering? Yeah, I've done the degree, structural it's structural engineering and honest degree in it. So every, like everything was going good. The only boxer with brains in our No, there's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing mine. No, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's a really um, unique profession, right? Yeah, and I was, that's where I, was, I always... Not nearly making excuses, but I, when I was in college, I was full time. I walked. I always walked as well, and I never committed fully to boxing. And the, since I did, mm. uh, the last two years have gone really smooth. Mm. Like uh, it's like anything in life. I think if you if you commit fully to it, it, it it'll go well. Mm. And uh, I still I still believe that you know. Yeah. Uh, and me, me team have already plotted a place for me second crack at mm. a world title. Against uh, fighters that'll suit me, so uh, like I believe I will get there in the end. It wasn't me time. Uh, it would have been probably too easy. <laughs> for uh, I'll get it nice the next though, one. Right? Yeah, it would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a better story than a comeback. <laughs> oh, listen, we all love a comeback story. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think that? Can I ask how old you are? Thirty-two. Yeah. Thirty-two. Do you think that if this whole situation, the same thing with work? 
being signed to MTK, uh, working with Peace, World Title. You think if that had happened ten years ago, you would be have been able to appreciate it um, or respect the situation as much uh, as you do right now? No, definitely not. Like, uh, y- y- I think going through what I did, like I worked ten years full time. Mm. I think if like some guys go from high performance on grants straight into boxing and Andy yeah. it's like anything in life you can nearly uh, take it for granted can't mm-hmm. you until Absolutely. you've experienced something else so I see so when I actually first went went professional I was driving out to Bray had a smile on my face like driving out at 10 o'clock I'm used to getting up pretty early <laughs> go to work <laughs> and having paperwork over your head but I, I literally smiling driving to, yeah. to Bray to train twice a day and then if you didn't experience that, some guys are training twice a day and literally they couldn't, like, they're, they're like not happy doing yeah. it. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Uh, I'd be trying to tell them, they slag me, calling me the granddad of the group, but I'm saying you just need to appreciate this. <laughs> you just have a handy, you know? Yeah. But, uh, but it's true though, it is life, isn't it? And it is when I think, because I'm 35, you know, so I had like my when I was in my 20s I was in music I was in the band so that was my time to be I was so ungrateful and unappreciative of like everything that was put in front of me you know I was very much like expectant like I deserve all of this and more and then when it was taken away from me and I was like oh and now I have to go do a nine to five and I have to pay rent and bills and it has to be you know in a in a, a job that I don't particularly want to be in and everyone is miserable around me and then when you you know when I obviously went and created Fight Connect TV and the podcast and the Elaine show and all that now I, I wake up every morning and I'm like fuck I'm so happy and so grateful things are not as perfect as they could be but you're you have that sense of gratitude because you know where you could be, I suppose. Yeah, that's it. Great. It's very important, like that. What what you said, it, expectations and and mm. not being grateful. Like, I think it can if you're younger and you have all this success and you're expecting things nearly, mm. aren't you? Like yeah. the, I've I've seen it with with some people that they nearly they nearly expect all this help and this, you know, and and they're not grateful for it and, yeah. and they can it can turn against you you know that kind of way mm. Pe- people don't uh, people don't respect that when when they see guys just take all taken and mm. they are a sense of just I, 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 as you said I, I expect this or I, I deserve this and, yeah. and it can turn people off so yeah it's important to be grateful we try to tell the lads that as well you know <laughs> granddad gratitude yeah, there's your yeah. new name now yeah <laughs> uh, how long is it that you've been in boxing yeah since, since I'm eight since I'm eight yeah, no way. yeah yeah my uncle boxed he he boxed in St. Saver so he would even brought me down before then joined St. Matthews when I was eight so what, I'm what's, the si- what's the situation Luke are you, are you, you, you know has your uncle been like come on down to the gym you know and you're sitting there watching him train or, or have you gone to your parents and been like I want to start like like what, what's what's uh... well, me, of an older brother he's, he's a year and a half older than me so there would have been gloves in the house and my dad would have liked boxing so mm. we probably would have just you know scrapping in the house and yeah. my uncle was an idol of mine he boxed for Ireland and stuff and uh, so I would have looked up to him and he brought me along yeah, and I loved that. It's no good at football. I wasn't good at anything else. And but it was good at scrapping. I was good at yeah. scrapping skill and stuff. And I loved that. And I just yeah. kept at it, you know. Uh, even throughout school, I was I was actually for, nearly forced to go to college. My parents would probably say, you know, like yeah. like you just they wanted us to get an education, yeah. you know. But I wanted to go building or whatever I wanted to do. It yeah. wasn't a, a good decision <laughs> in the end. But uh, 
we we were like I went and done that degree, stuck it out. But I always had that niggle in the back of my head, like I wanted it to commit fully, mm-hmm. you know, to something. And uh, when I did, it kind of, it went well. Mm-hmm. Bar the last fight, it didn't go too well. But look, I, I really believe uh, I'll put my head down again and, yeah. and go again, you know. Yeah. What What is it for you in terms of when you're when you're looking back, um, you know, being that 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 young boy that that started and, and started fighting and was enjoying it? Was it the competitive nature? Was it the actual physical side <clears throat> of the fight? Or you know, I'm always interested in, especially with fighters or professional athletes, um, where the where the element of passion lies, I suppose. Yeah, well, I, th- I think that kind of fight is in you or it's not. I think yeah. it's definitely, I think it's born with some people. Some people don't enjoy it. Mm. And I, I definitely enjoy that f- fight and competing, you mm. know, that kind of way. And it, as, as I turned pro, if you, you get moments uh, where you're free with you alive, you know, in there. And, yeah. and, and even if you're making weight, train and everything, then when you, I think when you push your body to your limits, it is a, it is like a, it wakes you up nearly, mm. doesn't it? Like, yeah. uh, so I get great joy from it. Uh, as, as I don't know, some people say I'm mad, you know, <laughs> but uh, I actually get great joy from mm. training, pushing my body to the limits, and and see, seeing how far it can go. Yeah. Uh, in, in boxing, I always said, uh, look, I always had that kind of. I nearly used that as an excuse. Ah, well, I'm working full time, or I'm mm. in college. Like it was nearly something to hold on to as an excuse, but. When you commit fully to something, like, that excuse is gone. Like, I couldn't say, oh, well, he's training the high performance or he's yeah. a full-time athlete. So it kind of, uh, when you commit to something, it kind of flows. And, and that's what's happened the last two years. Didn't work out in that fight, but I know I can go again in six months' time, mm. fight for a world title again, and, and uh, win this time. Mm-hmm. How have you seen um, the sort of landscape, I suppose, of boxing change in that time? We we're seeing with, I suppose, um, social media now, the rise of the kind of, you know, quote unquote fighter, social media fighter, young guys, young girls, you know, and it's all about social media and talking a big game and stuff like that. You're someone who has always just relied on your skill and you just, you know, um, you have the respect because of, of who you are and, and, your, and, and what you've done in the ring. Do you ever look at maybe the young up and coming guys and you're like, you know, do you have an opinion on that sort of, um, how do we say, you know, just, I suppose, the social media landscape with, with fighting? Yeah, like, <clears throat> I suppose <clears throat> if it's working for them, you can, you can get following and they can yeah. monetize candy and uh, like it is important to sell tickets and build a following yeah. and it's it's kind of a catch-22. I mm-hmm. think it... I think it always comes if you come across honest with doing it. Mm. If that's your, if that's who you are, it comes across sincere and 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 honest, and that's fine. But when people force someone put it on, it mm. comes across terrible. I think you know, and yeah. it's nearly just cringing, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Someone that is that they're mm. that type of person, but but a lot of people put on crap, and it's nearly just it's an, like it's annoying to look at, isn't it? Yeah. And I don't think it, it flows for them either with following and and and, and everything else, because people can see through that. Mm. But if, if, I think it, like if that's who you are, flow it and, and be honest. And and I think you do kind of have to. 
you have to build a like a, a social media following because mm. it, it's important. See, see the likes of the, the say there's ten pros in AGM. They're all in the same kind of pool of people that they sell tickets mm. to in order to get on the shows. Yeah. So you nearly have to build a brand as as much as like. It's it's nearly embarrassing, you know. You have to kind of put it out there, and you have to text people to sell mm. tickets, and it's it's a tough slog. Like I had to do it for four years mm. before signing with MTK, and it's embarrassing, nearly. But uh, it's just the landscape the way it is in Ireland. There's there's mm. it's expensive with insurance, and everyone's gone through it. But the lads have to kind of they have to pay say three thousand just to cover their opponents you know mm. what I mean before they even see money you know Expe- break, break the, the process down because again a lot of people don't know because yeah. boxing is very different to say MMA or other combat sports in particular where in boxing you have to pay your opponent's purse is that right yeah so at the, at the beginning with boxing you're, you're kind of boxing journeymen building up your name and profile mm. and the, the, these journeymen come in and uh, you have to pay for them to come in and that purse and then you have to pay a proportion towards the running cost of a show. Mm. So that could add up to say, say for the lads just doing four rounders, that that's typically say 3,000 to be on a show. Mm. And then after that then they might get a 1,000 for themselves for a purse or, or 2,000, whatever the, the deal is they do with the, the promoter. But that's like... 3,000 at 30 euro tickets 100 tickets like it's a lot of a lot of tickets to sell yeah and and it's great you say your debut you always do well sell mm. tickets but after that then so the lads do the rely on sponsors to kind of cover that cost so uh like it's a, a huge help of any businesses or like even three four hundred euro massive uh, go goes it, it's the difference between a fire being able to commit and say and get on the show mm. or not not even chase their dreams there's fires that that have missed out on like I've literally gave her up because it was a struggle mm. they've literally said look I can't sell enough tickets or they're not getting any support behind them so it is it is like something small like say 300 400 euro from a promoter uh, like it's it's not as if they're going out and they're buying clothes it's just basically mm. to cover them so they can get fights build up to 10 and all and then you can start making money fighting mm-hmm. for Irish titles and you can make a couple of grand and then, then you get like breakthrough with promoters or you can sign with MTK, you can sign with, with say, or build up and, and fight on matchroom shows. Mm. The likes of, say, Craig O'Brien, like, they, yeah. they all have to, it's that hard slog, exactly, exactly what I've done for four years. And I was lucky enough, had great support in, in mm. Ballyfirm and friends and, and I was always able to sell tickets, cover myself and make money. But I've, I've seen what other guys that wouldn't have that big family wouldn't have that uh, big group of friends mm. and they probably have to stop boxing yeah literally said look it's not paying off for me they're putting in as you said like 10 week camps yeah taking time off work or like a lot of lads don't even walk then they're only walking part time they're committing to this and uh, it's a hard slog they're probably looking at me and saying look it worked out for him like you know yeah. ray, like a, a, a bit of hope like there's <laughs> Luke <laughs> making millions <laughs> you don't make millions but <laughs> he's wearing just, two yeah. Rolexes now yeah, in yeah, here today yeah, yeah. two watches <laughs> no. but, but do you think this the, the, the format is flawed then do you think that the whole format needs to be maybe looked at and you know how, how as someone who's lived it and experienced it how do we make the landscape better for up and coming 
uh, boxers because I mean I think most would love to just wake up in the morning with an email or a phone call off someone like MTK to have the opportunity that's been afforded to, to, to their stable I suppose but it's not going to be for everyone so what else can we do to you know make it more um, appealable and easier for for our athletes coming up it's it's, it's a tough one because like the, the guys running the shows they have huge costs mm. they have to charge that just to le- literally break even yeah. and like most fighters aren't like they don't understand the actual running cost of a fight they think yeah. promoters are making thousands <laughs> and they'd say to be coursed and like it's a thankless business yeah. what the, the the likes of the guys in Irish boxing are doing or boxing Ireland, uh, I'd actually pity them like everyone just coursing them, and they're yeah. literally probably running that at a, at a loss. Shows mm. uh, it's a tough one. Do you think they need to be more transparent? Do you need to, they think that they have to actually like print out? It'd be nice to break it down, yeah. yeah so there like is where that transparency. Our money's going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone likes to see that, don't they? Like mm. everyone wants to see transparency uh, yeah. <laughs> in anything, I suppose. Like, where's me money going? Yeah, where exactly? <laughs> I want the receipt. <laughs> How much he's costing? There's, pro- <laughs> there's probably a bit of that involved, and so the lads don't cost them as much. Because <laughs> everyone thinks they're making millions for that. I like I, I looked at stage show costs, and they, they're not. Like, yeah. You know, it's it's a tough one. It is, and do you know, I I, I there's so many. I get so many mad questions and asking for help and advice and all different things from from loads of young and up and coming fighters. Um. But the one thing that I get asked the most about is sponsorship, Lydia. How how look you're in you're doing all this stuff, you're 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 in business, you're working, doing TV stuff. How do I get people on board? And I kind of have my knowledge of when I was working in PR and stuff and what's worked for kind of mainstream brands. And I'm like just trying to apply different things and give them a little guide and light. But it just seems like there's such a wide open space for businesses to come on board with young athletes. We see it all the time and stuff like the big brands, the health brands and stuff that, you know, will back, you know, we'll say LucasAid back in, you know, local kids doing a, a summer camp or something, you know, all those different things. But when you look at, we'll say, young up and coming uh, fighters in particular, what they actually put in in terms of training camp in terms of discipline cutting weight training working on top of it whatever and it's so thankless and they get very little back in return it's just for the love of getting to fight that even them as people are fantastic representatives of you know those that you would want to be surrounded by in society so it's a perfect opportunity for a business or a brand to get on board and back them do you know like most fighters are not out on the obviously when they win, they win a fight or whatever they go out and the, the the rip or whatever but most would be sitting in on the weekend recovering and then back to it on the monday taking their sunday recovery day um like discipline is a massive part in in shaping them to be better humans i suppose would you agree yeah, like it's it's unbelievable the commitment. Like even the sum of the fires, don't we start now? When I started out like I worked full time yeah. and trained four or five times a week and see so you have a wage coming in then but you see some of the guys starting now and they're literally just on a dream and a whim. Yeah. And they've no money coming in. They're getting cut off the dole because they're saying they're professional athletes <laughs> and they've literally a goodwill from their parents. <laughs> And scraping it. Like it is it is a huge commitment to make. All on a dream, like to, to eventually get there. Mm. It it is a it is a tough slog. 
uh, it's a tough one. It'd be nice if, if there was. I don't think boxing kind of. I don't think it's attractive to certain sports that that's attractive to to sponsorship. And mm. I think they need to get like cause certain sports. It, it's needy more. I don't think it's maybe it's. A, it's, it's I a think bit. it's combat sports in general. Yeah. Do you yeah. know, you see, you see things like um, taekwondo and kickbox and stuff that's sort of like you know less contact. We'll say get a little bit of back, but unfortunately, you know the. the but I would encourage, and I always say to like so many people that always question me about work and especially with Fight Connect TV and going, would you not be? And I say, you have to go experience a fight night. If you get a good fight night, mm. do you know what I mean? Like where where was the last show I covered? Uh, Belfast the mm. MTK fight night in the Ulster Hall like that is a night out yeah. do you know what I mean like in terms of the venue like just the atmosphere go support a show watch a few fights and then go out and have a great night out yeah. pay, pay for a ticket yeah oh okay. yeah pay, make sure yeah. you pay for yeah, a ticket buy, buy it off a fire yeah <laughs> buy it buy it off it, a make fire. sure you pay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pay for that that 3000 there so, but yeah, like it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? It's yeah. a hard slog for the lads, but it, it is actually I do describe it as it's it's as if you're investing in yourself. So you have to go through that slog, yeah. and you'll eventually once you get to ten and all, twelve and all, you will get the break. So just yeah. have that in, in sight, and and don't put money in front of you first. A lot mm. a lot of fires can put money first. It's like the the cart before the horse. They can say, oh, I'm not getting just they only offer me this for the fight and then nearly refusing fights mm. I say when you get to say toy, lawyer's toy level and, and I, so I spoke to people about this before oh, not, not, I didn't take that because it, was only, it wasn't fair and it probably wasn't fair but yeah. th- like it's what comes after that mm. isn't it like so just yeah. take the short end of the stick and eventually the money will come mm. uh, is, is my attitude but as well as that they, they probably have a point that it's not fair but it's not fair uh, like you get zero sitting at home and refusing fights <laughs> as well you know that kind of way it's it's just <laughs> would you change anything yourself in terms of your career no I wouldn't no I don't think so I think uh, it kind of humbles you as well like uh, if everything went you smooth seem, you seem very humble though yeah but, but I'd say it probably <laughs> would have been humble <laughs> you know I think uh, <laughs> it does humble you you know uh, the losses and the uh, <laughs> You know, it's good to get knocked out. <laughs> <laughs> knock you off, eh? I probably would have been that was humble now. I, I can't imagine. I, like, cause I don't you're, think it would be, yeah. You know that so yeah. many people, like when they think Luke Keeler, they just think, you know, no ego, humble, down to earth, you know, just interested in getting in and getting the job done. Yeah. Have yeah. you always been like that? I had no choice. I had a, my dad and, and my brother there would have clattered me in the back of the head fairly quick. <laughs> if I had a, you got choice, you know what I mean? Our friends, so yeah, yeah, it doesn't. Uh, you you wouldn't get away with it. I guess slagged a bit still, even <laughs> where I'm at at the moment. Never mind. Like, any, what are they say? What just are they saying? Just like you know, just regards five for world title. He's gonna be us, like. For, uh, it's the Irish way, it's good. though, isn't it? It's good. Keeps you keeps humble. you grounded, two yeah, feet yeah. on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Um, obviously, uh, your brother is very much involved in in your your camps and fight nights and different things. Um, he was with you over in the states. Yeah, he came over for the for the, the before the fight as well. He was good to have, you know. Yeah. Uh, 
a great help uh, regards anything we've we've always done everything together mm. like uh, is there much 50, of an age 50, gap 50. there's a year and a half oh, and he okay. looks a lot older but does, <laughs> <indeed>. <laughs> I'm glad you said that he'd be really annoyed poor Tony <laughs> no there's a year and a half but uh, we, we, in life we've done everything together like yeah. in business and stuff so he came over for the week is that nice having fight. having a, having obviously yeah. someone so close to you being involved yeah it's, it's good my friend Sean as well uh, he boxed he came as well I was in the corner and uh, P it was good I actually had him stitched around he's like a legendary uh, cut mm. man he would have yeah. uh, he's actually uh, joined up at Tyson Fury's camp but I, I had a meeting with, I just met him on the rooftop and uh, he was just jo- he just I said hello to him and uh, I said when I win the world title I might be able to forge and he says no it's, it's not about the money and, and me cut man ended up getting refused from coming into the States and, and, and he stepped in and done it you know no as way. a favour great guy great energy you know it was cool was cool. Wow. Good experience. Him, Buffard going to the ring. Everything was a great experience. Part like of what? <laughs> For me, like, like you know, getting to meet his station, like, I would like be so excited because yeah. of what he's seen, who he's worked with. Like, he's legend of the sport. Like, are you? You're so consumed i imagine with what's going on fighting for a world title but are you in the back of your head are you a little bit like oh my god it's fucking nuts yeah it's a bit surreal like you know it's it's yeah. mad like he's, he's just in the hotel room he was like practicing wrapping me hands and he literally first time wrapped the hands felt pe- pe- better than ever i had to tell mark kennedy that i had to show him a couple <laughs> of things a couple of little tips from mark kennedy <laughs> and then uh, Bourne were uh no, we put, he wrapped my hands, done a brilliant job straight away, like forced off. It literally wrapped him in like 60 seconds. Obviously, just sped, sped through to me. Yeah. He was a cool, cool guy. He, he's talked about en- energy and how he feels energy, and like he, he was a real cool guy. Like, wow. just wait. Like, what did he say about your energy? Yeah, that's what he just said. He just said, like, When I met you on the roof, he's like, I knew this at the job, just been out there kind of stuff. Yeah, but, uh, oh, says, I love that yeah, shit. That's so right, right up I love my, it. <laughs> that's right up my yeah, street. Yeah, he says, I knew and all this, but <laughs> yeah, but uh, I didn't fuck up with him. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll, I'll, I'll probably meet him again. I'll probably meet again the next fight in the States. Yeah. Uh, he, he's a kill guy. Good, good energy to have in the corner, experienced guy. And it's good, it's probably for the for your fighter looking across, seeing, say, stitching his corner, like, Jesus, like, he, he he's coming here, like, you know. So yeah. it, was, it was good, good experience. Uh, he gave me a jumper, like a clothing range that sponsors him, or he's involved in, and he's a, he's a cool guy, you know. Really cool, yeah, really good. Cool. Yeah. Who has, um, has there been anyone else that you've met along the way this journey that you've been like, kind of, no, I can't imagine you've ever been starstruck, but are just like, this is really cool. Like, any heroes or idols or. Let me think. Yeah. Uh, I met Tyson Fiori a couple of times. He's yeah. cool. I'm dying to oh, meet him. Yeah. And, and do you know what? He, he, he's like bows the head, shakes the hand. Like yeah. He's not. He doesn't. He's not like that loud kind of guy. He's real uh, subservient, nearly. You know what mm. I mean? I met him at, at the weigh-in up at, at uh, Frampton's fight, but just bows bows the head down and, and shakes a hand. Really hum, humble. I think he like it's all obviously an act and uh, like the, all that. But he's he's no way uh, aggressive or no mm. way pushing the weight around and. Frampton's the same. Frampton is one of the, the, the nicest guys I met yeah. in boxing. He he was the same. Like what, he, he literally had to weigh in. He was the force on the scales, and we did 
it was that say the same way in and uh, with the queue for a doctor and he was standing behind say four or five fires but he was a forced and he'd like stand in queue like do you know what I mean yeah. like he's one of those guys that like doesn't put the chest out and yeah. stand out of the way but uh, he's a cool guy Frampton you know yeah same it's yeah I just love I, I, I love hearing when people are good and then when other people have had good experiences of them. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? I, and I met uh, Cara Frampton last year for the first time. And so I was doing, obviously, Fight Connect TV and I was saying, look who I'm here with. And he walked past. I was like, I'm oh, sorry, I did this thing. Can I get this video? <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Like, no qualms whatsoever. But I never got a chance to say to him, and I must say to him the next time I see him, that the very first uh, professional boxing fight that I was ever at was uh, my friend, uh, uh, Walter brought me to Carframpton at the Titanic quarter when he was fighting um, oh Jesus Kiko was it was it a second Kiko was it Kiko second time maybe no, no it was the first time was well, it yeah um, I must look into it but this is like this is before you know Fight Connect TV before anything and I remember like not having really that much of a clue about the volume of the fight and like what was going on but I just remember being in like the crowd and the atmosphere and freezing cold because we were outside in the Titanic quarter um, and just hooked addicted loved yeah, it yeah he's a great great following I, I was at a couple of his early fights Stephen Arm was on the undercard and uh, he, great experiences also like as you said it, it's some amazing fights yeah. you know some some people have bad experiences then some of them some of the matchroom fights in England it'd be a bit that kind of football hooligan crowd uh, can put people off as well. Yeah. You know, that's kind of drifting in. But I think we see where, uh, any experience of, say, a Frampton for you mm. or a McConnell for you up in yeah. Belfast. So different different uh, crowds altogether, I think, you know. It really is. Thankfully, now I haven't, I haven't experienced, um, like, any mayhem. I've definitely experienced that football football grounds when mm. I was, you know, younger and into football and different things. But, um your family talk to me about your family how how have they uh, embraced all of this yeah they they grand you know like you just they, what's they, your mum like when you're when you're fighting is she a bag of nerves or she just when are you giving her up like you know <laughs> she's asking <laughs> I go get my I'll do that right you know <laughs> when are you giving her up that's all you get you yeah know? when are you jacking her in but uh, that's like that's my, I haven't met one ma yet that's like delighted that our son or our daughter is, is oh, they're happy and proud and, and they're very supportive they all went to Miami they go to every fight like you know Uh so, uh, See, I think that's brilliant that yeah. everyone, the whole family, family gets to sisters, go. Yeah, that's it. Who gets to go to Miami with the whole family? Exactly. And exactly. Uncles and family and friends. So it is a great experience in a way. Giving everyone an excuse to go to Miami in, in January. Like, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, people were happy with that. For uh, Yeah, it was a great experience. I think I'll go again. I'll, I'll, I think I'll fight again in, in the States and have a, a better turnaround, you know? Yeah. Uh, a, a there nothing confirmed? Then. There's nothing confirmed. They just said they, well, when I'm ready, uh, they'll get a, like a, just a, a yeah. keep busy, like a say an easy ease back in for you. Hey, a ten round or say June or, or having mm. me mind. Then uh, the Falls Park, a, like a top ten guy on, on Mick Collins' uh, yeah. card, and then fight uh, Touchwood. They them two guys fight for the middleweight title, and yeah. I fight the winner of them. That's what I have in my head. Mm. Uh, all going well. Yeah. You know. Do you get to have much of a say? 
Like, are you at that's that stage dream. now exactly. where you can call that's the exactly. shots? No, well, don't call the shots. <laughs> Jesus, no, I'm not that cheeky. But uh, that's, you couldn't have any more of a say. If you wanted it, if yeah. you had a say, Jesus, that's what you'd say. Like, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I'd yeah, want yeah, this, exactly. this and this. And, and but boxing is like, as everyone, like things change in boxing. Like, so you can't say this is definitely going to happen. But the the team that I have there with MTK is, is like, they have that, they have that, like, if they, whatever they said, if they mm. produce, so... Touch water goes to plan, you know. Is there a dream, um, a dream fight? I, I just dream of winning the world title. Yeah. And I'm not too sure about who it is. When you win the world title, then I'll defend the defender once or twice, or unify, mm-hmm. try unify, and then retire. I'll have two more after that. Yeah. And retire, and uh, hopefully I'll not slow me wards are. Uh, <laughs> getting too punchy but uh, fingers crossed yeah, yeah. well listen like I don't want to dwell too much on like retirement and you were, we were, we were, I feel like you're only getting going here yeah but when that, that that day inevitably does come down the line you know would it be a case of just you'd have to just cut all ties of boxing and walk away and just kind of have it as something in the past or would you like to be involved in some kind of way like <clears throat> I see the commitment and time it takes to be a coach so yeah. I'm not going to go into coaching I'll join my family of the yeah. twin boys I'll, I'll put time into them and uh, I'd like to stay a part of it and just hang around and not like be committed too much yeah. like just just in the corner say holding a spit bucket you know like <laughs> getting, getting to be st- st- still a part of I suppose the team because there's 12 good like there's probably yeah. 12 good young pros coming through the likes of Gary Cully, he's gonna be at war level soon. Mm. I can I can just stand in his corner and, and, and enjoy it. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, I think I'll stay involved in in that regard. I'm yeah. not gonna to commit to coaching. There's too many hours involved in that. Uh, it's, it's a bit selfish of me, but uh no, I won't commit to coaching just yet. When the kids are raised and, and stuff like that, I'll probably go back. Would you like to see your boys get into boxing? I don't know if they love it it's like anything in it mm. if they love something I'll encourage them and yeah. back them but I wouldn't be uh, any way like forcing it I'd prefer yeah. them they didn't now to be honest uh, but look if, if if someone loves something you can't you know yeah. have a say what do they say about their dad being do they, still do they... Only, they don't really understand at the moment yeah. how you old know, are they the four so uh, okay. they don't really understand at the moment so yeah uh, I'm, I'm sure he will. Do they stage. watch you on TV? Like with, when the, all the promo, like the Sky Sports and different stuff, like are they? No, they're not. They're not too caught up in it yet. Now, yeah, they still don't understand. But uh, I'm sure he will. A couple of years time, went yeah. to the skill with the belt. They be, yeah, they were down the pub in 15 years. They were like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, tell me about my dad. Yeah, yeah. My dad's Luke Keeler. Yeah, that, that's what I used to say as well about not having regrets. I didn't want to sit there one of them fellas in at the bar and say, ah, I had it done this or I had it trained full time. Yeah, you know? yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that was one of my big things. I didn't want to have a regret about not committing fully. Mm. So I really believe, even though the fight didn't go well, I think I'm going to go back and I'll win it the next time. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. All faith in you to do it. Um, Is that important when you talk about the commitment there and, and, uh, you know, not having the regrets and stuff? Is that an important factor that you factor in in terms, you know, with your kids, like teaching them that lesson to chase? what you're passionate about to, you know, to fully commit. Is that something that you would, you know, you would hope that would be passed down to them? Yeah, like I think, I think just even 
Like looking, I think looking at what what the way your parents behave, like yeah. is what the kids see, isn't it? Yeah. Like that they just soak that up. Mm-hmm. So they'll always see me busy and active and, yeah. and get, get, getting ahead. You know that kind of way. Yeah, my own dad works hard. He's a business doing waste collection and he's still doing crazy hours. I wish he didn't. You know mm-hmm. that kind of way. But they're nearly happy doing that. But I think if you look at that, you, you kind of it happens with the kids. Like the, yeah. if the the kids look at a father that's sitting on the sofa, mm-hmm. they probably think it's it's, it's and that's not always the case. But I think yeah. uh, they'd see me just trying to get ahead and do well. You but know? would you believe that that you know you're a product of, let's say, your environment as opposed to just having a natural work ethic because you definitely have a very strong inbuilt work ethic from when you talk about like obviously working full time you were boxing on the side to now training just completely committing to uh, a training full time and you know being the best version of yourself that you can be so do you think that that's a product of growing up and to seeing your dad have that work ethic yeah I think it's both I think like I've, I've seen in, in families as well it could be even twins and, and one would have it and one wouldn't like mm. so it's 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 both it could be what's inside you as well and, and some people can go mm-hmm. and just be lazy fuckers as well yeah. you know, people are made different like yeah. they're happy they're happy are you are your boys identical no 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 they're, they're completely different do you are they they're yeah, very different they're completely different like so i think like yeah it's it's as much i, I think it's very important what they see but uh just I, I won't put them under too much pressure hopefully they do very well and they can just yeah pile up with me and, and tip around <laughs> <laughs> but, um, let's talk about right we'll say you know all goes to plan Luke Keeler is a multi multi-millionaire ah, that's happening in like five years down the road seven Rolexes on your arm right yeah. you know would you still want your kids to grow up and, and know that, you yeah. know, what you've experienced? I always question that even with myself, like, would I have the drive and the work ethic that I have if my parents had just been like, here, whatever you want, you don't have, have to work on anything. Like, yeah, trust you know, one kids and stuff. They exactly, need exactly. They'd have to be, that they have to be taught that, don't you, are disciplined that and, exactly. and, and not handed anything. Yeah. I, I, I'll... Uh, I'd be a bollocks to them, you know. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I remember my first job, right? I remember being like, I uh, wanting money for God knows what, probably shoes or something when I was like 14 or 15. And there was a bar, it's gone now in Waterford, it's called the City Arms, right? And the rumour had it, they were taking on people for one or two days a week, but you didn't have to be 16. So they'd just yeah. pay you cash in hand in the envelope, right? And I remember me dabbing like, you want your bleeding money? You get down there now and you go in and you ask for a job. And I went in there on a Saturday and I was like cleaning tables, washing dishes, the usual, right? And you get, God knows, like 30 pounds or something at the end of the month. But I can still remember the feeling of yeah, like... Of getting educational money in as far as in it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Leaving that, that the first time I got paid, leaving and my ma being sat outside in the car waiting for to pick me up and getting in and that sense of pride and her being like, well, how'd you get on? And I was like, yeah, grand. And you know everyone's delighted and it just I never forgot that moment because yeah. it instilled something much bigger in me yeah that's definitely something I'd like to put into my kids always the same I was 14 walking in my dad's bar the local local bar and uh, just that that feeling isn't it? Yeah. and then even when we were younger again we used to go to Dunabay uh, during the summer 
and there was golf golf courses around so me and used to go out for hours collecting golf balls we'd go back clean them sell them three for a pound but we'd stacks of pounds like and we were buying our own runners we were only like, like <laughs> 10 <laughs> playing a gambling machine as well but we had stacks of pounds next to the bed like shaving no and going way. horse riding and we made fortunes we did and that, that was me and my brother's little thing my sister be washing the golf balls for the gift for the pound or two but it, it's great education isn't it like that Amazing you can't education. buy that you but can't I, I buy actually, that I, I, we go down every year my, my uncle Stephen passed away but we got we have a memorial game every year and we play the same course and I, I'd be walking along and I'd be say in the rough you'd lose a ball and there's golf balls everywhere because the kids nowadays <laughs> aren't collecting golf balls we used to be on the, that golf course <laughs> and you're literally tripping over golf the lazy passes you just sat home playing playstations but we, we, we used to go and it's, it's a funny thing we used to go to the lakes then and there was private courses you'd have to wait till the evening time and go into the private courses like you'd be chased off for me and my brother and then there'd be other kids in the site but the private courses was air courses <laughs> so if anyone went to try to take the, the golf balls out of the lakes and then we'd, we'd g- give <laughs> yeah. them clatters it was like an early enforcement sort of thing so we'd be waiting <laughs> kids would be coming back with golf clubs and running <laughs> over and, and, and taking the golf balls off them so brilliant that was a good education <laughs> that's brilliant oh what a story that's unbelievable yeah. Yeah. oh I tell you what there'll be some young book now listen to this he'll be like I'm going out to a golf ah, course next course. Yeah, yeah. So we've instilled still that with your kids. I suppose. Yeah. You and where would you be selling on the golf balls to, to people to, in yeah, the club? Yeah, you'd go or to the front, front of the club. There was shores there, and you'd lay them all out. Be three for a pound once and four for a pound once. I, t- I always tell people this story. Be laughing. <laughs> yeah, uh, you might see me yeah, on a golf yeah, course yeah, over yeah. the next couple of yeah. weeks. <laughs> you fortunes, you man. <laughs> you used to. I don't really remember, but it was like in August you'd have your new clothes in August. Yeah. And we were out to pay. For pay for our own clothes and stuff but as you said it gives you an education yeah isn't it? Yeah, you know? yeah yeah and a value um on I money i still have that money yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all the old bones yeah, yeah. next to your bed <laughs> lined up yeah. <laughs> um what's your because that's obviously a very um that's a lovely memory to have you know like it's a great story uh, what would be another one of your fondest memories from uh, from growing up they were great memories yeah Donna Bay uh, they, we would literally the four months of the year you'd nearly be down there yeah. great great memories down there uh, would it be a caravan or a mobile caravan home? yeah yeah, yeah caravan we got a bit older I think it was 12, 13 we did no interest then we were staying up and, and, and we sold but it's something it's something that's uh, yeah. it was great because you literally could just go out for a whole day and you don't get that anymore don't you know with kids like they, they, they have to eat the, and kept an eye on don't you yeah. there's, there's that fear kind of thing mm-hmm. but we used to just run wild yeah we had we had as well um, our uh, my grand uncle my nanny's brother had a, a house in um, Dunmore East in Waterford and it was on this big massive big grounds and then he built another house then on the grounds and behind the house there was two mobile homes and I'm sure my dad has like nine brothers and sisters so every summer it'd just be packed into the cars and we'd be gone for the summer and we just just so much fun like just the you know the beach was down the road like really didn't appreciate like obviously you don't appreciate it as a child but now they look back on it like ah the memories that were made and (coughs) the stories that we have and every christmas you know someone will bring up a story about something happening and we'd be all 
buckled over crying you know the same yeah that, that on that say sorry for going across but that no, mo- that, 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 that mobile home all my cousins say me, me dad's brothers and uh, and sisters all their kids were there so yeah. some amazing stories fishing as well I used to go fishing and yeah go fishing steady, for sprats yeah. did you ever yeah, go fishing steady. for sprats uh, we used to go sea fishing out on a boat as well. It was it was some great times, like yeah. great childhood. Yeah, uh, I must buy a caravan now. I need to. <laughs> <laughs> now my relations are still down there. I must actually buy a caravan. <laughs> yeah. We'll be all getting around to yeah. uh, lend you your caravan for the yeah, summer. Yeah. Um, obviously, we're talking about really good memories and you know growing up and different things and how everything has come to 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 shaping you. Um. You're you naturally come across as a very you know easygoing, positive, upbeat, spirited person. But in terms of um, fears, do you have any? What are they? No, like it, not really. Everything's really going smooth, you know. Yeah. I just wanted. I, I, I committed to boxing. I wanted to do well. I'm I'm nearly happy with what I've done. Mm. Like without, like I want to go and win a world title, but. Uh, from two years ago where I was yeah uh, and I've been lucky in life and so no real fears just keep going I, I'm, no. uh, the reason I ask is because I'm trying to get at if you have this wonderful life and you're chasing all your dreams and you know you're waking up every morning grateful for your life then is because you have that, is that as a result to a positive mindset? And can we, as people, choose our outcome of our lives? Definitely, yeah. Really, like it's, I've been proof of that, you know. Uh, I think, you know, that kind of way. They go, everything's going really, really well for me. Mm-hmm. So you see people all the time. Don't you get caught up in that kind of nine to five? And that they don't like it. Yes. And you complain about it, and, and everyone's mm-hmm. in that little hamster wheel. Yeah. Uh, because you definitely have friends that you grew yeah. up with that are of your age that are in that. Yeah, and it's, it's hard to escape. You know, yeah. that safety net of a job and they all have mortgages. They all have a mortgage as well. Mm. And uh, it's it's a, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like, it's, it's a really, like, very, very few people actually get to do what they love. Mm. So uh, very, very lucky in that regard. Uh, it's it's a tough one for people. Uh, a lot of people just get caught up in it, don't they? Mm. And... Uh, it's unfortunate. It's hard to get over as well, I suppose. Well, it's it's fear based. That's what it is, isn't it? Fear, it, yeah, yeah. It controls yeah, you. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. It's it, and especially and then the older you get, if you maybe get married or if you start having kids or if, more commitments, then I suppose more commitments yeah, yeah. exactly. Do you know what I mean? And then it's the fear of like I, that's why I feel very grateful about my life because I obviously I don't have kids. I'm I'm not in a, a relationship, so I have the freedom to be able to say, you know, if I get called in the morning, you have to fly to bleeding France. I'm gone. Time, you know yeah. what I mean? And obviously I'd have to call in sick to the podcast. Sorry, Shane, but uh, you know what I mean. You've no dependence. You can just be free. You can just do whatever. But then there's also a side that you know. I suppose there's an element of every so often I get struck with like. <gasps> Oh my god, I'm gonna have a stroke. Like I've no house, I've no kids, I'm not married. Like uh, I don't have a car. What's you know what I mean? Those things that. Do you ever get those moments of shit? Maybe I I shouldn't be doing this. No, definitely not. Like no, because it's going well for yeah. me, I suppose. But I, I, like that that can obviously happen, you know. Like Pete, like that's society saying, like pigeonholing into certain things, isn't yeah. it? Like you should have this by this date, mm-hmm. and I, I went along with that, I suppose, for a long time. Mm. 
uh, it's easy to do when like you fall into it. Uh, I think people are kind of getting more and more into that kind of free, that freedom of of not getting pigeonholed so much. Like my parents would have been just yeah, you get a house, you do this, you do yeah. this. You know what I mean? And, and it gets buried into people's heads. But I suppose I, I wouldn't be that way with my kids. You know that mm. way? I wouldn't be putting them under pressure even for college like mm. uh, I went on it was a great experience college has stood to me uh, I don't regret it but at mm. the same time with my kids don't go, like, I, I'm not going to be that you have to do this like yeah. I'd love to see it's tough like I see me, me, me younger sister Lauren she's she's 21 she's in college and she's the same attitude as me I don't even think she, she regards the car she's just going along with like yeah. it's nearly like I don't know. it's a tough one isn't it like yeah. you just you should be in college at that age but what 20, do you want to do like travel a, yeah 21 is a tough age though to be doing anything that's like remotely serious isn't it like yeah I was 17 my first year of college I don't know what I was doing I, went, I actually went to the college and I had like I'm from Barry Farmer but I went there like with a, with a green lacoste tracksuit and a gold chain <laughs> <laughs> the DIT and I'm looking around and said this doesn't fit in and I'm pair of jeans the next day but I, I was when I was say 17 in, in Valley Fair that's what we wore like you know that's what I but the, I thought we go to the cost tracks you go into college it didn't fit in we brought a head an orange one he actually stayed behind <laughs> Ray <laughs> is laughing. Uh, yeah, but we brought stayed behind for a year to get the points he needed for for architecture. <laughs> so two of us were going into college. <laughs> but we had a green lacoste tracksuit and he had an orange lacoste tracksuit. We were just like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, this isn't finished. You know, so we, we, we toned it down a bit, you know. Yeah, you, you learned the slowly, way. Slowly, slowly. Slightly learned it down. <laughs> what is your understanding of happiness? Uh, I, I always said to, to be free like you know have that kind of freedom financial freedom or just and obviously if you're lucky to do what you're passionate about and what you love mm. like but I always kind of want always walking and getting ahead I always wanted to not have to walk like so So we're going to say a, a rental or two like yeah. we, we, we're very lucky with property and stuff so I always wanted to set myself as that yeah. like that and just have no pressure and not have to walk and mm-hmm. not worry about bills. That was something that I walked towards, and and then just very, very lucky that I had something that I loved in boxing. Uh, very few people find that kind of uh, something that they're passionate about. Like yeah. not many people do. Like conversations with lots of people, yeah. and and very, very blessed and grateful again that that uh, it's worked out for me. Uh, and if some level of success, and I think I will mm-hmm. go again and and and, and win a world title. But even the position that I'm in now, uh, I, I've done what I wanted to do. I've committed fully the last two years, so I've zero regrets either way, you know. Mm. So uh, I think finding something that, that, that you love, uh, which is hard to do, find just be happy. Some people are happy, like if they're happy doing a nine to five as well, like, you know what I mean? If there's yeah. no success doesn't mean, mean mm. anything. Then there's people that are worth a couple of hundred million and they're, Miserable. Miserable doing crazy hours mm. uh, and life is passing and boy, it's getting that balance, I suppose, yeah. I think. Do you think uh, balance exists? I do, yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Uh, th- 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 I think there's periods in time where you have to like lose that and mm. be com- fully committed, but 
I think it's important to just get that balance, I suppose, with family and yeah. partners and, and everything else and kind of switch off as well. Like you can be running, you can be a busy field sometimes, can't you? Yeah. I see a lot of people mm. just just on that hamster wheel, getting ahead, getting ahead. And it's really successful, but not actually slowing down to enjoy themselves. Yeah. So I think uh, having the presence of mind to just slow down and, and take things in, mm. whether it's with your family or going out to nature or wherever it is like there's some people just on that hamster wheel it's incredibly mm. successful but not happy as well so it's, it's a balance I suppose yeah would you like when you say you know ha- having the balance and being out in nature and different things would that be something that you would definitely every week or you know try to, to implicate in not yeah. only your own life but your, your family's life yeah switch off and leave the phone at home sometimes and mm. go to park and just just it, it's you can be caught up as well with the phone mm. and different things but I, I think that that's a big thing once a week going along walk and little things like that eat out well and, and enjoy yeah and, and enjoy time you know because the reason i'm asking is we're seeing at the moment this massive shift in 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 mental health mental health crisis especially with young adults men your age um that obviously we have suicide we've depression we have the rise in drug addiction all these different things and i always it, like it's so hard to to um understand why it's happening like is it social media is it the the rat race as you say that we're all trying to get ahead fast pace known as is sitting you know being at one with themselves or whatever way you want to do it is it as simple as you know for you that you have um physical activity every day because obviously you're boxing and then you are out in nature and you're taking stock of the simple things like family like relationships you know that everything is sort of simplified so it's sort of um kind of balances your brain i suppose mm. you know like that it's you've a very uncomplicated life i imagine yeah I, th- I think i think men i think men need to have some sort of structure and, and feel like they're getting ahead mm. uh, and providing what no matter what it is you know what i mean i think men need that structure if they don't have like even having that nine to five job mm. and then exercise is huge yeah if you can train once so i i'd you'd lose your head if you weren't training yeah. like you just it's a great release training i think uh there was actually there's there's a there's a guy that running club was set up from from year in area uh, Cherry Orchard running club. But oh that's, yeah. That's the only great things yeah. for the community. Yeah. Uh, just exercise is huge. Uh, and, do you know Shane Peppers? Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, yeah I yeah, was in yeah. Portugal with Shane yeah, during the year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, he was in Miami. Yeah, Shane. Shane that's uh, right. He brought his two boys over yeah, with you, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, oh, he yeah. went over. Uh, but that that's I think that that's been a huge effect on 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 our community. Like there's huge numbers down uh, in Cherry Orchard uh, running club and something simple like that can mm. change lives and then yeah. the good diet as well I think is a huge thing just I'm at eating loads of crap the last two weeks you feel, you feel crap when you yeah. eat crap so good diet and uh, having some sort of structure with training mm. and then just I think men need to be doing well like yeah like literally just getting ahead, I think, and providing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a, a huge thing with men. Well, people um, underestimate yeah. that as well because, like, I would be very big on um, uh, learning about human biology and why do we do things that we do and how our brain works and different things. And when you really look into it, it is very simple. Is that the, you know, and it's a very sensitive topic to talk about, you know, with, you know, because... 
how do I say this without implicating myself? <laughs> Fucking hell. But like men, like it's not saying that women, I'm obviously very independent. I have my career. I, you know, I'm self-sufficient and all the other things. But men are biologically have that instilled in that provider, that protector role, you know, and the woman is more maternal. So it is, you know, the structure of the family. It's there for a reason and different very controversial. things. It's very <laughs> controversial. And I, Jesus, don't take me up the wrong way. But it, it is something that needs to be looked at because men, I feel in, in my experience of talking to them is that they feel that 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 deep need to be a protector and to look after the family unit in whatever capacity it comes in yeah so that that brings pressure I suppose doesn't it for men to, yeah. to be successful and provide and and exactly it's in today's world it's it's like you, you need you need two wages to kind of get by and get yeah. ahead and it's it people a lot of people are struggling you know uh, in that way so I suppose that that probably has a knock-on effect mm. stuck in traffic every day doesn't uh, and going back and forth to work it's a, it's a bad mm. system uh it's a bad system in Dublin, and it's really get ahead. Like Dublin, it's, it yeah, is yeah, it's global. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, in du- well, in, in that capacity, absolutely. Yeah. In terms of getting ahead, buy a house, and and to do well, like it's 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 tough out there, and and in kids and and everything else, mm-hmm. and you can be caught in that hamster wheel. That doesn't yeah. help jobs you don't like. Well, I think uh, training is it the big thing. Mm. That's the that's the the big thing with me. I think uh, you can always you always feel great after training and having yeah. that, uh, but having a goal. And walking towards something as a man is is huge, mm. like uh, uh, providing, as you said, but just getting I, ahead. The goal thing as well, not only for men, for women as well. I I think that it's it's a human thing mm. to have um have a a, a goalpost and to constantly be trying to reach it. Yeah, being proactive about it. Yeah, setting setting targets and and goals and and getting ahead. I'll always do that. I'll always walk to something else and go again and something else, and I won't feel. I need to get a sense of anxiety when I sit yeah. at home, like if I'm not getting ahead mm. in life. So I think that's important. Mental health I'm talking about now. <laughs> Tell you, we have it all here. We have it all here. Well, listen, we're about to wrap it up. Final question. How would you like to be remembered? Uh, I'd like to help a lot of people as well. You know, I can do everything's going well for me, but mm. it's nice for everyone else to, to kind of... Uh, have that same success and go uh, go well. So I'll, I'll help as m- much people as I can. Mm-hmm. So it's so uh, I'd like to be remembered for that. You know, yeah. uh, so, someone someone that that wasn't uh, yeah just just kind of help. I will help the lads in the gym and and kind of give back and yeah. I might eventually get into coaching. You never know. I'll be selfish for a while and, and enjoy my time off. But uh, yeah, just. How would you like to be remembered? That's some question. Damn it, it's a good one. He's alright, yeah. He's it's a right good up. one. Yeah, yeah. I always say because it's all. You know what? And I, I, I say it. I ask it all the time on the podcast. And the reason is, and it's quite a morbid one. But you know, uh, after somebody has passed, and you're in the pub and you're all having a few points of Guinness or whatever, and there's all that chat of who he was or who she was, and it's all, you know the nicest things or the qualities that other people saw in you that you didn't see in yourself. So when I ask it, I always wonder, you know, what what would you want people to say about you? Yeah. He was a good world champion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he, he, he kept it up. Like, I'm, I'm determined. I know people that see me as that. Like, I just kept going, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things. And 
everyone even since me first amateur coach Stephen Mar, he always said I had bags of heart so I'll be mm. I'll hopefully be remembered for that like I had loads of heart yeah and uh of of like of no fear in terms of that and, and bags of heart so I, I'd like to be remembered as that and and a world champion as well. <laughs> Oh. we'll work with that we'll yeah. work with that well listen thank you so much for coming yeah, in thanks for having me yeah great chat enjoy that yeah good yeah, I'm delighted chat. to hear that I'm yeah. it's good to, good to get you in a like a, a relaxed atmosphere because yeah, yeah. every time that I have you on Fight Connect TV it's like you're in fight camp or it's after a fight or different yeah, things yeah. so good to chat yeah, to you yeah same thing thank thanks. you very much thanks a lot Luke Healer for the first exchange 